Welcome into another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. It's LSU-Texas week, game day just a day away uh, as LSU travels to Austin to face the Longhorns on Saturday night at 6.30 p.m. Central on ABC. I'm Billy Embody. With me, Shay Dixon, Sonny Ship. Uh, this week it kind of has gone by slowly, considering it was a slow or it was a uh, short week coming off of a Labor Day weekend. So, uh, fellas, it's now time for uh, the game to be here. Uh, Shay, you're, you're heading out to Austin tomorrow. Sonny will be watching it uh, back here, back at home. Uh, just excited to uh, finally get this one underway. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I've had this one circled on the calendar for as long as. Uh, the dates of the home and homes have been announced. Austin is one of my favorite cities on earth. No knock on Baton Rouge, uh, but it's going to be a good time. Friday night, I'll go out. I'll certainly have a couple of adult beverages, see what uh, Sixth Street and, and the town is all about uh, when Texas and uh, LSU fans are there. I've never actually been to Austin when there was a game going on, let alone an LSU-Texas game. So pump for that. And then Saturday... I'll be out and about. I'm sure some of our subscribers will see me uh, out on the town before the game. And then about mid-afternoon at Little Woodrow's on 6, if anybody wants to come by, uh, Barton Simmons, Barrett Salee, Danny Cannell, Chip Brown, uh, Taylor Estes, a number of us from uh, a few different sides of this uh, will be talking. Uh, We'll be doing a CBS Sports uh, stream of that online, which you can watch if you're not in Athens or excuse me, uh, not in Austin. Uh, sorry, I've been writing uh, Joe Burrow stories all week, so and not in Athens, not in Austin, uh, and it'll be a good time. So I'm pumped for this. This is my uh, number one road trip of the season, and no comparison. You can keep it weird for us in Austin there, Shay. Uh, I would highly recommend Container Bar and the Clive Bar on, on Rainy. I, I hit those spots over there. Uh, when I was in there for a wedding in, in last spring, um, like like you said, I I enjoy Austin too. Uh, bummed to be uh, not there, but Sonny, uh, you're going to be firing up the grill and and uh, certainly uh, having quite the day to enjoy this one, right? Yeah, well, the adult beverages will uh you know will have to be limited thanks to have to give a big shout out to uh, my boy soccer coach who decided to schedule a 9 a.m. soccer game in New Orleans. So uh, that six o'clock wake up call on Sunday morning is going to limit those adult beverages. But man, I echo Shay's feelings here. You know what a what a big game, a game that that many in Texas, in Louisiana, or most in Texas and Louisiana, and a lot of people around the country have had circled for a while. Um, you know, outside of Georgia and Notre Dame, I think this is probably going to be that non conference matchup that garners the most the most hype and the most attention going into it. And, uh, you know, for me, when I look at it, it, uh, you know, from an LSU perspective, you know, it boils down to just Sam Ellinger, you know, I've, I've watched, uh, you know, went back, I looked at his highlights from the Louisiana tech game last week. He, um, you know, you gotta, you have to take Louisiana tech for what it is. Um, you know, I think it's a, you know, a good group of five opponent, uh, obviously not an SEC foe, but when you look at what he did last week, 28 to 38 passing, 276 yards, four touchdowns, you know, he's got something like a, he's got a crazy uh, touchdown to pa- uh, touchdown interception ratio right now over his last 15 games, all starts of like 29 to six. 
and uh, you know you toss in 16 rushing touchdowns in there, and uh, you know for that's the key right there because their running game took a hit. They have Keontae Ingram. They don't have much depth after that. You know, and so I think this is a game where Dave Aranda, uh, you know, you put a spy on Sam Ellinger like he did against uh, when he faced Louisville and Lamar Jackson. And uh, you just got you just have to get after that guy and you have to hit him and you have to hit him hard. And this is where I, I think the athletes for, for LSU make that difference. We we saw kind of how look LSU played against Georgia Southern was great and everything like that, defending the run, defending some of that east west type stuff that they did in the triple option. It's a little different with the athletes that Texas has, but you're right. They're missing uh, plenty in the in the backfield. They have Keontae Ingram, who's super talented. Devin DuVernay is one of the fastest guys in college football. Um, and, and Kerry Vinson actually kind of uh, talked about this week just uh, trying to catch him in terms of being a track star in high school. And, and so now he'll be trying to defend him on uh, Saturday night. But this, this Texas offense has a few weapons. Uh, it'll certainly, I think, come down to uh, LSU secondary, which Ed Ogeron has has uh, talked up as the best he's been around in all of his years of coaching college football. You've got Christian Fulton, Derek Stingley. You've got Grant Delpit, Jacoby Stevens, Todd Harris, Kerry Vincent. Um, and they'll have to stop guys like Colin Johnson and, and Devin DuVernay. There's no more LJ Humphrey, which is a positive for LSU. But um, Malcolm Epps will be another guy that they'll have to stop as well. A uh, big tight end for, for Texas. And there, there's a lot of different ways I guess this can go right Sam Ellinger Ed Ogeron compared him to Tim Tebow he's kind of got that ability to will his team on to to victory in a way and he's shown that throughout his career he showed it in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia and uh, he's a tough guy to defend and LSU is going to have its hands full with that but I think the one thing that for me when you're talking about limiting what uh, Ellinger uh, can do to you is just being able to to force him into those second and third reads. And, you know, Shea, this is an opportunity for for that front seven to really make a name for itself uh, for LSU. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a key week for them. Um, and so much of last week was about playing sound football, staying in, you know, in your gaps, doing uh, exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You know, don't go beyond uh, what your assignment is on every play. And, uh, they face a different offense this week, but for me, I think it's sort of the same in the sense that number one is Sonny has already talked about is is Ellinger. How do you contain him and and force him to throw the football and and he throw the football well right at Westlake and and obviously he's got a good arm, but um, what makes him so dangerous is that he's a, a dual threat guy and and when you know things break down, he can extend it, uh, he can roll out and make a throw, he can do things with his legs if they can keep him in the pocket uh, and obviously have guys like Chase on coming after him. Uh, I think that'll be huge. But uh, look, I think maybe one thing I found most kind of, uh, I guess, encouraging from an LSU standpoint beyond how well they played last week was that you saw guys like Patrick Queen and Damone Clark and Neil Farrell and Glenn Logan and guys that we didn't pencil in as starters were some of the better players in the front seven for them. And Tyler Shelvin looked as healthy and uh, as dominant uh, as he's been since he's gotten here. And I think that's a good sign. So w- when you combine talent and depth, that can be sort of a dangerous situation for teams. And I think LSU's got that, uh, not just in the front seven, but the whole defensive side. Yeah, and I, I think this is a game where Jacoby Stevens can really step up. 
Uh, Grant Delpit kind of moved towards the back end of things after starting the, the season last year towards the line of scrimmage. Jacoby Stevens kind of grew into that role. The speed of LSU's linebackers, I think, will be the key here. Sonny mentioned having a spy on on Sam Ellinger, and, and I think that's something they can do with somebody like a Patrick Queen or or uh, Jacob Phillips or whoever you want to do do it with. But they've got, uh, look, athletes that can do that for, for LSU. And uh, I think one one player that I'm watching and and uh, is kind of a part of um, how well the defensive line will play is Caleb on Chasson. Last week, he didn't get an opportunity to really come off the edge as much and, and rush the passer. He actually had his first sack of the year kind of taken away on a false start. But uh, is this a game that that Caleb on Chasson can really uh, burst onto the scene nationally as far as a legit um you know, not just a former five-star prospect, but somebody that is, is one of the most feared pass rushers in college football, Sonny. I think so. Uh, you know, I, I think the thing that you have to watch, and uh, when we did our insider Q&A with Jeff Howe from uh, Horns 247, he's been on the Texas beat for a while, is that Texas likes to use the swing passes. And I think that's a that that's an area to where Caleb on chase on. He's not going to be able to just pin his ears back and just rush the passer, uh, you know, as much as he would against some other guys. And and because he's going to have to be aware of those swing passes coming out coming out to his side. And but I do think that LSU has to get pressure on uh, on Sam Ellinger. Um, you know, once Caleb on chase on went out last year. LSU struggled to find someone who could who could consistently get after the quarterback. Uh, you know, you had Devin White, Dave Aranda had to blitz him way too much to try to get some pressure. You had Michael Divinity coming off the outside edge, who tied for the team lead with five sacks. And so they have to they have to be able to get some pressure on Ingram with our front four. I do think you'll see LSU play more four man fronts in this game right here to be able to uh to get that extra defensive back on the field like you mentioned Jacoby Stevens against Georgia Southern they really they played and and even in the um, in the in the participation report they listed him as a starter at outside linebacker and that's kind of the role that he played uh most of that game and and I think it's a role that you could see him play again in this game right here because he gives LSU that big body at 225 pounds who can who can match up against Ellinger when he does take off to run the ball, but he can also drop into coverage. And so, uh, you know, I, I think he can be an, integ- an integral part of Dave Aranda's uh, game plan going into this one. But somehow it's, it's getting that pressure. Because if you watch Sam Ellinger, you know, he's not going to hurt you out running, uh, running outside of the pocket. He's going to hurt you, hurt you in between the tackles with that 235-pound uh, body that he's carrying. So it's not like you're facing a, uh, a Johnny Manziel, a uh, Lamar Jackson type, who if they get outside, that's where they can really hurt you. So LSU just has to keep him, you know, keep him from, uh, you know, from really gouging them in the middle, but get him moving side to side, not let him get comfortable in the pocket. You know, get get him having to move to his left, having to move to his right, get those feet a little bit happy because those passing windows that he saw against Louisiana Tech are going to be a lot a lot tighter um, come Saturday. Yeah, and Shay, this is a perfect opportunity for a Christian Fulton to show that he's healthy, ready to go after being nicked up a little bit in camp. But 
also for the country to really be introduced to to Derek Stingley Jr. Yeah, the country, LSU fans, I think uh, we're all a bit eager to see it. I mean, we saw him on punt returns uh, a week ago. He more than doubled up their total punt returns from a year ago. Great sign. Uh, but it was a triple option team. You know, they didn't throw the ball at him. I think he had one ball thrown in his, in his direction and it was sailed out of bounds. So we're going to get to see him tested this week. And look, between now and the end of the season, I expect him to have some freshman hiccups, but they'll be minimal. This is one of the most surefire 18-year-old prospects you'll ever see. To have he and, uh, and uh, Christian Fulton together out there with Fulton healthy, as you mentioned, is as good of a tandem as you'll see. And then you toss in a guy like uh, in the nickel, Kerry Vinson, a Port Arthur native, a kid who uh, had been recruited heavily by Texas and LSU. This game means a lot to him. Uh, I think that group of corners is going to be really good matching up with the receivers for Texas this week uh, because I think, A, they're talented, and B, uh, Billy, they want this game. You can sense from talking to them uh, that this game means a lot, and uh, not just for this season, and I think that they have aspirations of going to the playoffs and winning an SEC title, but the DBU chatter and the fact that you know Texas is trying to uh, throw it in their face. We're the real DBU, and uh, as I've said before on the podcast, those are fighting words uh, to these LSU defensive backs. They take it very seriously, so uh, I think those guys are coming ready to play, and it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, and shout out Jordy and Key Bob right before we jumped on the pod here. They were actually talking about the DBU chatter, and I think Jordy said uh, he, he kind of broke down some of the numbers, and he said it's uh, over the last like 15 years, 14 LSU defensive backs drafted, five in the first round. I mean, it's just kind of – he said in, in, in recent history, it's not really close. Texas laid claim to it in the – you know, in like the 80s or something like that, but recent, recent history has been very much LSU-sided. And look, uh, they're going to get their chance to, to show it on the field uh, on Saturday night. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, though. We're going to flip over to the LSU offensive side of the ball, kind of break down some keys there, and then uh, share our predictions as uh, we'll take a quick break on the Go 24-7 podcast. We'll be right back after this. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're back here previewing LSU, Texas. But before we get back to that, take a brief moment, leave us a rating, leave us a review, hit that subscribe button, and share the, the Go 24-7 podcast with some of your LSU friends around the, the country. And uh, we appreciate all of you guys listening to us. Uh, I want to start in on, on Joe Burrow because with as much talk around Sam Ellinger, and obviously he's probably a bigger key in this game than, than anybody else for Texas with kind of how beat up they are on, on at running back. And uh, they might not have the skill position players depth wise that LSU has, but Joe Burrow has a chance to really lay claim to some national uh, recognition this weekend in Austin and, and really kind of cement um, what is, be- what is becoming one of the most loved LSU quarterbacks in, in, you know, recent memory. And, um, I think for, for Joe, he, he knows the opportunity that's ahead of him. But uh, what are some of the keys, Sonny, for, for him in terms of uh, putting together a night that, A, can win the football game, most importantly for LSU, but also maybe raise his, his profile nationally a little bit? Yeah, I think when you look at when you look at the Georgia Southern game, you're going to see some, some different numbers than Burrow put up. Uh, a, he's going to have to rush for more than the two yards that he did against Georgia Southern. Granted, he only carried the ball one time, but I think that's going to be a part of the offense that that Texas did not see against Georgia Southern that you're going to that that they will see on Saturday. And then two, you know, he doesn't have to hit 85% of his passes like he did in week one. Uh, you know, he just needs to go out there. He needs to protect the football like he's uh, really like he's done ever since he uh, he took over last year and, um, you know, and, and won the starting job in fall camp. If he does those two things, then I think I think LSU is going to, uh, you know, I think it'll be a successful night for him. As far as on the national stage goes, I mean, look, you can't overlook what this guy did in week one. You know, completed 85% of his passes, five touchdowns, no interceptions, all in the first half, you know, un- 278 yards. You know, those those are big-time numbers against a Georgia Southern defense that people, p- people pro- probably didn't realize that you have two cornerbacks. The two starting cornerbacks for Georgia Southern are very good players. One of them was a second-team All-American with Pro Football Focus last year, so he wasn't throwing against uh, against chopped liver. Granted, the athletes at the Texas secondary is going to be a uh, you know is going to be more a, a lot more formidable opponents for him this week, especially when you're talking about Caden Stearns, Brandon Jones. Two guys that LSU recruiting fans are very familiar with, with how much LSU recruited those guys. But if the offensive line can give Joe Burrow some time to throw the ball and they continue with the, uh, you know, with getting the ball out quickly, I think the LSU offense is going to find some success. Yeah. And you mentioned Brandon Jones and Caden Stearns, also Anthony Cook, Jalen Green uh, back there as well uh, for, for Texas. So, there, there's plenty of uh, former recruits on both sides of the ball that that are familiar with with both coaching staffs and been recruited and all those things. Uh, talked with Mike Roach about that on a podcast yesterday uh, that you can check out as well after you're done listening to this one if you haven't already. Um, but look, you're right. Burrow uh, has an opportunity here to really um, improve, or not necessarily improve off of what he did last week because it's tough to go 23 of 27 and get any better than that as one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country last week. But this whole offense, I think, nationally, people said, okay, they took care of business, five touchdowns, five 
on five drives last week uh, with the first team starters. Uh, but this is this is going to be a challenge for the offensive line. The 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 defensive line of Texas is going to be better than Georgia Southern's and that front seven especially. Um, Ed Ogeron had a lot of respect for them on 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 Tuesday when he met with the media. But uh, Shay, this this offensive line is is this a statement game for them if they can put together some protection and open some holes in the running game? Oh, absolutely. And I think people felt a little better about the offensive line a week ago when. Uh, without Sadiq Charles, with Badara Treor and Dare Rosenthal at left tackle, uh, kind of moving Ed Ingram, uh, excuse me, moving Chasen Hines and Adrian McGee kind of in and out at the left guard spot, they still had some cohesion. I mean, they they didn't let Joe Burrow get rocked all night. Uh, I think really they only, what we went through the film, only maybe have had one or two times where uh, they weren't sure, missed assignments, and, and guys were able to get through. Um, but going into this week, you get Sadiq back. We're probably looking at uh, Adrian McGee being the left guard. And then you've got Cushion Berry and Damian Lewis and Austin Deculus returning starters on the right side. If they can put together a good game against a Texas defense, a Todd Orlando defense that has exotic blitz packages, that's very much like a Dave Aranda defense. I mean, very much uh, the same sort of philosophies. If they can play well, against that sort of team in this new look offense where they're not going to be asked to protect Joe Burrow as long as they have been in the past, at least a year ago, the routes are quicker. He's getting the ball out quicker. We've seen it, but they kept up with the tempo last week. They appear to be in shape. If they can keep him clean this week, all of a sudden, the one big question mark this team really had was how would the offensive line play? If they come out and turn in a strong showing this week, I think that this team as a whole carries some real confidence uh, into not just the rest of the season, but that bulk of SEC play where they'll be tested early and often with very talented front sevens. They can answer the call this week, and I feel really good about this team's chances of winning a lot of games this year. Yeah, that totally changes things, right? It's like it, when you go into the season and people are wondering, well, you know, should they move Austin Deculus to right tackle? Well, he's been the unquestioned starter there. Uh, you look at left guard, Jason Himes ha- hasn't been healthy. Uh, it's going to be Adrian McGee, it appears, going into this game. But if this offensive line comes in and handles their business against Texas, I mean, that says a heck of a lot about them and, and the job James Craig did uh, getting them ready to go. It's certainly still a question mark. And, and look, it will be going into SEC play, play no matter what. It makes you feel better. But uh, the SEC defensive lines will certainly get a little bit more buzz as, as the season rolls along. But From a confidence perspective, a strong showing on uh, Saturday night would go a long way. I think another player, and and look, I think LSU's skill positions speak for themselves, but a player that could really get a huge boost in confidence uh, and who's coming off an impressive debut as an LSU Tiger is Cade York. And Ed Ogeron was really impressed, but it's going to be a little different going on the road at Texas uh, in a huge top 10 matchup and, and performing, Sonny. Yeah, well, you know, Cole Tracy made a uh, you know made a name for himself in that Auburn game when he went on the road, his first true uh, road game at you know at the uh, the Power Five level, and had that game winning kick against Auburn. And I think Cade York is uh, you know that that by the time he's a senior, I think he'll be mentioned in that same breath with uh you know with Cole Tracy if he continues on the path that he's on right now and that he's been on since he. 
at LSU over the summer, but it's going to take going into places like Austin, going on the road to Auburn, going to Gainesville, going to Tuscaloosa, and making those big kicks to do that. He was perfect on extra points last uh, in week one, perfect on field goals. And so, but like you said, it's going to be a lot different when you're kicking in front of 6,000 LSU fans or 8,000 LSU fans and 90 something uh, wearing burnt orange. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and look, I mean, he could be an X factor. He could be relied upon to make a kick late or, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, being perfect on extra points is always uh, important, but, um, yeah, I, I think Cole, uh, I think um, Cade York has a chance to really start writing uh, what what could be a, a very very impressive career as as an LSU Tiger. Um, guys, I think we've kind of broken this down as much as we can. There's plenty more on go247.com about this game and kind of all the matchups and everything you need to know from recruiting battle, recruits on campus, uh, matchups, Q and As, anything you could possibly want. It's on go247.com. But we'd be remiss if we didn't leave with without giving our predictions. Um, Shay, let's let's start with you. You'll be on the ground there in Austin. Um, is LSU going to be able to overcome Tom Herman's record as an underdog in, in in big games? And also, ESPN tweeted out a uh, stat yesterday: LSU is 0 for 11 all time against AP top 10 teams on the road. Does LSU overcome that on on Saturday night? Yeah, look, I mean, you can always jump into the different numbers. A week ago, uh, Ed Orgeron had never won a non-conference game and covered the spread or had never covered the spread in a non-conference game at LSU, uh, and they blew it away. You know, So now he's got one under his belt. I have no reason to believe that they're not going to win this weekend. Look, people in Vegas get paid a lot of money to, to build a lot of big buildings. Uh, I should say make a lot of money uh, to build a lot of big, shiny buildings, uh, and they've shifted this line almost all the way to a touchdown. Uh, you know, just a few days out from the game, um, even midweek, it had grown to six and a half. Uh, people are thinking LSU should win this one even on the road. Uh, I agree. I think that last week's LSU football team played one of the m- most sound games I've seen them play in a long time. I mean, it, I know that last year's Georgia game was a great effort, but it wasn't perfect. I mean, this was like when they knocked off the Virginia Tech team years ago, the Keelan Williams game, uh, where Virginia Tech came to Tiger Stadium as a high-ranked team, and LSU just played lights out. They didn't play, wasn't anything you could pick apart about them, and I kind of felt that way last week watching them. Uh, and then, you know, Sonny talked about uh, last week's game against La Tech. Texas has injuries. I just don't think that the Longhorns, despite being at home, despite being a very talented team, I don't think they're on LSU's level right now. And I think that um, because of that, I see LSU winning by at least a touchdown, and I probably would peg it to be somewhere in that, 34 to 21, 34 to 24 range uh, with LSU winning comfortably. Uh, But I do think Texas scores some points. uh, But that said, with this tempo LSU offense and how they looked last last week, uh, I can't see Todd Orlando's defense holding them in check all night. Uh, I've got the Tigers putting some points on the board in this one. Yeah, and I'm with you on putting some points on the board. I I, I think that – I think that the offense is going to come out and that the offense is going to uh, is going to be able to execute. I think they're going to get an upgrade in uh, on the on the line with Sadiq Charles uh, back at left tackle. And, uh, you know, for for Texas, for Texas to pull to pull off what what I consider an upset and what Vegas considers an upset at home. 
they have to they have to take advantage and they have to get play, big plays from their uh, their two big physical receivers. Colin jo- uh, Colin Johnson, six six two twenty five. Brennan Eagles, six four two twenty five. You know they ha- Devin Duvernay, the speedster. They have to get big plays from those guys against a talented LSU secondary, and I just don't see that happening. I don't see them being able to make enough plays to overcome Joe Burrow in this offense. I do think that Burrow is going to, uh, that LSU is going to throw some wrinkles out there. I think his running ability early on is going to get Texas kind of out of its groove. And uh, our scores are pretty similar. You know, I, I, right now I've, I've got LSU almost doubling the spread and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm picking 31-20. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with you guys as well. I've got LSU 31-24 over Texas. I just think, and, and I think this one probably ends up, you know, not as close as the score indicates. So maybe like a field goal later, a Texas touchdown late, they bring it to a one possession game. But um, yeah, I, I, I think LSU in terms of what they showed last week, they showed very, you know, limited amount of stuff in this new offense and they didn't run Burrow. And I think that's a huge X factor in this game is his ability to run the football as well and, and have that confidence that he gained uh, late in the season last year. And if last season uh, towards the end of the year and last Saturday night in Tiger Stadium is any indication in terms of where his confidence level is, uh, LSU's poised to do really big things offensively. And I think that's going to carry LSU to a road win at Texas and and kind of, again, uh, put those expectations into overdrive for what LSU can do this year. I've got LSU, like I said, 31-24. Um, I, I can see LSU's defense maybe even stepping up and 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 having this one be like a 31-17 game. I, I just think so highly of Dave Aranda and what he's able to do uh, in, in games like this with, let's be real, the amount of time they had to prepare uh, for this team. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, of uh, Miami last year and with so many guys hurt uh, for Texas, especially in the in the backfield. Uh, I like I like LSU to, to win this one and and uh, keep on rolling. So, um, guys, uh, heck of a weekend coming up. Uh, Shay, uh, I did want to mention, though, you're going to be at a bar with Barton Simmons before the game, so people are going to be able to come by and, you know, give give Barton some uh, some pointers on, on where to rank recruits all of a sudden, right? Oh, I forgot that you could actually do that in person now. So, yes, if you want to go to Little Woodrow's on 6, just come anytime between, like, 2 p.m., and kickoff and Barton, I'll be there so you can talk to me, but that won't be important. You can introduce yourself to Barton Simmons. He'll be hanging out in the 24 seven polo, I'm sure. Uh, and then immediately give him your uh, armchair quarterback uh, coordinator, two cents on uh, all of the prospects he's ranked wrong over the years. And I'm sure he would love to hear it. And then he'll turn around and brag that uh, Derek Stingley was the number two player in the country. So that's true. That's true. He will, he will. Uh, that'd be great if you can get some video of that. If anybody is, uh, feeling good about themselves, uh, feeling good enough about themselves to do that. Uh, Sonny, um, going to be thinking about you on that soccer field, man, but, uh, you'll be, you'll be in front of the grill soon enough. Yeah, man. You know, the only thing I'm worried about is let's get it. Let's get an LSU win. So, so we don't have to deal with a melt like Tennessee fans and Ole Miss fans and Florida state fans had to deal with last week. That's my number one goal. No melt on the board. Yes, you know the the key in our business, guys, is uh, guys who run boards and moderate boards and 
and chat with the subscribers who are listening every day. They know it as well. We have to remain uh, neutral, right? Um, not biased towards one team or the other. Uh, but I, lo- I live for the meltdowns on college message boards, but not when they're for you. So, yes, I'm, I'm just here for the meltdowns for other teams. I, but whenever it happens to LSU, I can't take it. I'm out of it because uh, <laughs> it becomes unbearable, bear- unbearable to watch uh, our boards suffer. But like I said, I can get some, some real enjoyment out of finishing my work and chatting with the folks on the board and then going to click on some other ones and, and watch them be miserable. Because guess what? We've been there before. Boy, that, that Clemson-Texas A&M game, if A&M loses that one, I mean, it's a road game against the number one team in the country, but those are some terrific melts. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Shout out to Taylor Ham, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, guys. Uh, that will do it for this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Shay, travel uh, safe over to Austin. Keep it weird for us, Sonny. Coach those guys hard, and uh, we'll be around the message board all weekend long as uh, LSU geared up to take on Texas, 6.30 on Saturday night in Austin. It's going to be an incredible uh, atmosphere and game. So uh, stick with us at go247.com for more on LSU Texas, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast.